just a crier anyway. But it's something about the Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Now, 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 if I can share this the way he gave it to me, we, we'll all go away blessed. And she says, uh, she says that all the time. Yes, yes, yes. But it's true all the time. The way he blessed me with this message, hallelujah, if I can share it with you that way, you'll go away blessed. Well, you'll go away blessed anyway because it's the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we praise God. Um, you know, we think about it. Historically speaking, we're no different than the children of Israel and that all generations and ancestors way back when. Historically speaking, people sin. God sends punishment. People cry out to the Lord. I can't take it no more. Help me, God. And in his mercy and in his grace and in his infinite wisdom, because he knows that we'll mess up again, he delivers us. What an awesome God. <laughs> Let's look at Judges uh, 6, 1 through 4. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the whole chapter, actually, of Judges, but I, I, uh, the sixth chapter, but I, I will paraphrase because we'd be here too long if I tried to just take it all the way. But a lot of times when we're in our sins, we think that God is a killjoy. He don't want us to have no fun. I know kids think that of parents. They think, oh, they just don't want me to have any fun. But no, God is not a killjoy. God knows what sin will do. So before we uh, go to Judges 6, 1 through 4, James 1, 14 and 15, in the New Living Translation, says temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us to, to drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It doesn't give birth to life. Now, we who've had children, we know birthing births life. Sin births death. And God just doesn't want us to experience that second death. Because it will be eternally separated from him. Not to mention all the, Jesus said it was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hellfire. He, he doesn't want us to go there. So he rescues us. Well, he sends the punishment to get our attention. We turn, we call on him, and he rescues us. So Judges 6, um, the first verse, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Isn't it amazing? God's got an expiration date on, I think, just probably about everything. <laughs> so he told them, I'm going to punish you. They didn't know, but it was for seven years. And because God is the almighty creator, he'll use whatever he wants to use 
to bring us uh, to our senses, to recognize that this hurts, and I don't want to hurt like this, so let me ask God to help me. So keep in mind, sin's got some awful grips. Verse 2 says, the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, the caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders, raiders from Midian and Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. The Midianites were bullies. And they were punking the Israelites big time. They had them scared. They were hiding out. And, and even uh, as we go to verse, um, when we begin to talk about Gideon um, being our hero here to, 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 to uh, free up the Israelites, we see here where sin is the problem. Sin caused the problem. So they cried out. Now, let me, let me say this. In verse 5 and 6, it talks about the, the enemy. It was so many of them, it was too many to count. It says they were like a swarm of locusts. And, and if you look, historically speaking, at some of those discovery channels where they show the swarms of locusts, there's no way you could count them. But you just know it's a whole lot of them. But they cried out to the Lord for help. It even said their camels were too numerous to count. And you know, a camel's a pretty big animal. And, you, and it's too many of them to count? So they were, they were, in, they were in dire straits. They were in, they were in trouble. Um, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. And uh, then the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And my subject is, there is a word from the Lord. All right. Amen. So when we look at verse 7 through 9, they cried out to the Lord. The Lord sent a prophet to them, a seer, a prophet. The prophet told them, this was the problem. Y'all sinned. God delivered you out of Egypt, brought you over into this land. Um, you, you had it real good. And what'd you do? You started worshiping idol gods. We talked about that in Power Hour. It's not that God is prejudiced. He just knows what type of people that if you associate with, where they will drag you. Because we are influenced by our surroundings, our environment. And so um, the prophet told him, said, God told you don't, don't go a horn after other gods. And said, what did you do? You didn't listen to him. So the prophet told him. So they got the word, but what did they do with it? But there is a word from the Lord. God dispatched an angel from heaven who was the pre-incarnate Christ. And he spoke with Gideon. Because Gideon was, you know, he was out there. You're supposed to throw the grain, the wheat up, and the wind would take that little shell, that little fine shell, which they call chaff, 
and would blow it away and the grain would fall to the ground. And then you would take that grain and that's what you would make your bread, um, porridge as it were with, your kind of a cereal, whatever. So Gideon was out there throwing the grain, throwing the grain up, but the wind wasn't blowing because instead of him being on the top of the hill where the wind could blow, he's down at the bottom of the hill, the scripture says, where the wine press is, because you don't take the grapes up to the, to the top of the hill to crush them, because then you got to bring the grape juice back down. So the, they do the grapes, down, the, the wine press down below, but they do the wheat and, uh, up above, so the wind could blow. But he's so scared because if he's up there on the hill throwing up the grain, the enemy's going to see and come and take the grain away, and they're going to be hungry. Wow. So the angel of the Lord speaks to Gideon, and he calls him mighty man of valor, mighty hero. How do you say that to somebody that's shivering in their boots? But God calls those things that are not as though they were. Because he knows what they're going to be. So he meets with Gideon. And he tells him, Gideon, we gonna, I'm, I'm going to use you to set the people free. And Gideon's like, we heard about how you did back in Egypt and rescued. He said, but now you've just abandoned us. Gideon wasn't thinking about the sin has caused the problem. But the angel of the Lord told him, we're going we're gonna to deliver. We're going to use you to deliver the people. So Gideon says, wait right here because I need to give you an offering. He goes home to prepare an offering, gets the food together, brings it back, sets it before the angel. The angel of the Lord tells him just how to set it on the stone. And the angel of the Lord touches it with the staff. The fire goes up, accepted the offering, and the angel disappears. Then Gideon's like, oh my God, I'm getting ready to die. Because no man can see the Lord and live. But the Lord spoke to Gideon and said, you, you, you're not going to die. I told you I'm going to use you to free the people. There is a word from the Lord. Gideon asked the question, though. He said, look, he said, and I saw where King Saul went, uh, asked the same question. He said, made the same statement. He said, wait a minute. He said, the tribe that I'm from is voted the least likely to succeed. And he said, and of my father's house, I'm even the least of them. So how are you going to use me? Somebody said, little becomes much when it's placed in the master's hand. So the Lord said, I'm telling you, Gideon, you got this because I'm going to be with you. He said, take what little strength you have and know that I am with you. I love that. Because sometimes we are so weak within ourselves. And we don't see how things are going to get right. But God is with us. And his promise is, I'll fix it. Jesus will fix it for you. Because he knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, let him have his way. Jesus will fix it for you. 
So the Lord said, I, I will be with you, Gideon. And Gideon says, okay, if, if that's the way it's going to be, give me a sign. And so he says, um, tonight, let me put this fleece down. And when I come back in the morning, let the fleece be wet, but the ground all around it be, be dry. You know, I know you control the dew of heaven, so let that dew of heaven fall, but let it only fall on the fleece. Gideon comes back the next morning. There's his sign. Gideon's like, well, I, I need to make doubly sure you want to use me, and what you're saying is for me to take hold on. So Gideon said, let me ask one more time. Can, 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 can when I put the fleece down, can you have the fleece dry? but the ground all around it be wet, then I'll know you telling me to go. The Lord said, okay. Gideon gets up the next morning, comes, the fleece is dry, but the ground all around it has the dew drops. Dew drops from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So we have Gideon ready to go because he knows the Lord is with him. So Gideon obeys the Lord because that night, after he got this sign and the next day, so that night after the sign, he's thinking, man, how am I going to do this? The Spirit of the Lord speaks to him and said, Gideon, I need you to do something. I need you to tear down the altar of Baal and the Asher poles. I need you to tear that stuff down because I'm God. And I need, I need this environment, this land that you're coming from. I need, I need some holiness here. So Gideon's like, okay, um, I got this. I'm going to tear it down, but I'm going to do it at night so nobody's going to see me. Well, he tore it down. He got his servants together, tore it down. Well, the next morning when the folks get up, they see it's down. Uh, that's, that's the God they were worshiping. Who took their God? And they asked around, found out it was Gideon that did it. And they go to Gideon's house because that's where it was set up anyway. They go to Gideon's father and they tell him, send out that boy. We're going to kill him because he just took away our God. Thank God for, for father. He said, now look, if Gideon could destroy your God, what kind of God was that? He said, let your God that little God you had, let that God defend himself. They even, they even changed Gideon's name because of that. So Joash speaks on behalf of his son Gideon. And I may have got that fleece a little bit out of order, but let me run down here to, okay. So Gideon did what he was told to do, and now he's getting the, the, the message. God oftentimes will give us step by step what he would have for us to do. So God, <laughs> he knows that he's told, he told Gideon, you're the man of mighty valor, but Gideon's still a little shaky. So Gideon sends out for relatives to come, other tribes to come and help. And it's like over 20,000 folk. So they answered the call of Gideon, but here's the deal. God tells them, said, no, no, you got too many folk. Because what y'all will say is, when you, when you get the victory, you'll say, you did it. And God is saying, no, you, you, you can't say you did this. I'm going to deliver. 
So he told Gideon, he said, I want you to take all the men that have a little bit of fear about going into battle and send them back home. So that was like, that was, uh, if I remember correctly, the scripture, that was like 20,000 that went back home. And he still had too many. And so God says, Gideon, you still have, yeah, he said 22,000 men turned around and went home and it still left 10,000. And God said, that's still too many. So God told Gideon, divide the men into, um, excuse me, willing to fight. God said, there are yet too many. Take the men down to the spring and God will test them there. So what he did, he he tested the men. He found out that there were only 300 men that drank from their hands. Because, you know, when you when you got a battle going on, you can't be getting down to the water level and just lapping it up in your, in your mouth like that. I mean, you can't look side to side to see the enemy coming. But the men that were wise enough to put the water, scoop the water up and cup it to their face, to their mouths, that's the, that's the amount. And that turned out to be 300 men because it was only 300 of them that did it that way. God said, now you got it. That's, that's the amount of men I want to use. So getting still a little bit afraid, but God called him the mighty man of valor, a mighty warrior, but he still had a little fear. So God told him, he said, this is what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to sneak over into the enemy's camp, and I want you to listen to what they're saying about you. Now, we were taught that eavesdroppers never hear anything good about themselves. That was not this case. Gideon gets over there and hear the men talking, and they saying, one is saying, oh, man, I had a dream last night. Man, as a matter of fact, it was a nightmare. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I ate too many pieces of bread before I laid down or what, but he said, I saw this, this barley of uh, uh, what is it, barley hay, um, a roll rolling down into the camp, and it knocked the tents over, and, 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 and it knocked over the men, and he's saying, that's letting us know, because there's, there's always a, somebody that's going to interpret your dream for you. And the guy said, man, that's talking about Gideon. He's going to come in here and he's going to wipe us out. Now, they already so many men that you can't count. And even the ones that, that God sent home, you could count them. But now we're down to just 300 men against this whole host of, of the enemy. What a mighty God we serve. So you can, you can, um, you can just imagine um, how, how it felt for Gideon to hear, wow, they're afraid of me. Maybe I am a mighty man of valor. <laughs> but he said, it, it, it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Sometimes when we're preparing for battle or preparing for uh, going through, um, we just need to be quiet. We just need to steal away and just hear what the Lord is saying for us to do. When God told Gideon, let him know that uh, you got it, let's, let's, let's get this thing going, he has Gideon go at midnight 
to me, that's interesting because, you know, that's really sleepy hour for me. I mean, I'm dead. I'm, I didn't, I didn't went into the third heavens. I'm, I'm gone. Midnight? But it was also the changing of the guard. Now, now, Pastor Warren, you know how it is at the hospital when y'all change staff? Yeah, you, you change the shifts? Nowadays, or at least I, when I was, uh, with, was able to go before COVID, you go to the hospital, they change the shifts. You could have been in there visiting somebody and they want you to come out and wait outside until they get through going through their updates of, you know, they, in other words, they, they don't want to assign medication that belongs to bed A in room 320 to bed B. So they need, they need things quiet. They need to be able to do their job. So here it was the changing of the guard at midnight and Gideon has the confusion start, the blowing of the ram's horn, the light, the, the light, the lanterns that are lit. And the folks got so confused until they started killing themselves, killing each other. Who is the enemy? I mean, even on the basketball team, they wear different colors so you know who's on which team. But they started killing one another. And then those that didn't die from the sword they took off running. And so Gideon gets word to the family members that he had sent away earlier to come and chase after them. And so my point is there is a word from the Lord. God told Gideon, you're the mighty man of valor. God, uh, Gideon couldn't see that then. And God tells us often that you're my child. I got you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. I got you. Yes, the trial is hard. Yes, the challenge is difficult. You don't want to have to deal with it. But I will help you deal with it. I will take you through. Because there is a word from the Lord. I thank God that he gives us a word. I can recall the time when I was very ill and the Lord gave me a song because he, he, he ministers to us differently, different ways. But he knows what will get our hearts in the right direction. And I had been sick and this song, and I haven't been able to find that song in these last few years, I've looked and looked and looked, but it said, if you walk with Jesus in the sunshine, he will be with you in the rain. Because the rain is coming. So what's so bad about walking with him in the sunshine when things are well? We owe him our praise. The song that went forth in in praise and worship said, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you because you've done so much for me. I never could deserve it. None of us do deserve it because as Pastor Warren had said during Power Hour, our righteousness is a filthy rags. So we would never deserve it. But what it says to me, honey, 
It's just how much God loves you. John 3, 16, for God so loved, so loved the world that he gave. And he keeps on giving. And it's because of his love. Not how smart we are, not how rich or poor or whatever we are. It's because of his great love. There is a word from the Lord. God loves us. We are his creation. And he wants all of us to be his children. Because the scripture says that all souls are mine. But the soul that sinned shall surely die. But his children will live forever. 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 I love the Lord. And I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. And I'm so glad that there is a word from the Lord. That he loves us so much. And he keeps making a way for us. God bless you. God is a loving God, a graceful God. So good. He made a way for each one of us, even today. I'd like to share something that the Israelites went through. The Lord delivered them from slavery. <clears throat> Took them out of bondage. Yet, when times got rough, they rebelled against God and spoke against him and the servant Moses. By doing this, they sinned against God. The Lord sent the poison snakes around them. The ones who were bit by the snakes will end up dead. But don't forget, God's a loving God. His judgment is always there, but his mercy there also. He made a way he wanted his people to repent. So the people went to Moses and called on Moses to call on God and ask him to send these snakes away. So Moses prayed to the Lord and the Lord said make a serpent and hang them up so the people may look at them. And then the people would believe and look on them they would live. So Moses did as God did. <clears throat> they hung it up there. And those who were bitten by it and looked on it lived. Saying that, I want to go through what God has said. What Jesus spoke in. And this is out of John 3, 14. I 
want to make sure I get it right because Jesus said this. And Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. He's lifted up. Why is he lifted up? Because of man's sin. We was born in sin. God and and his son made a way for us to escape from our sins. We went against God when he loved us. He died on the cross for us, and yet we turned our back on him. But he made a way. He rose, and now we have a way. Verse 15. That who should ever believe should not perish by everlasting life. What more can I say? I mean, it's right there. This is Jesus speaking. No one else but him. The God of creation. The God of salvation. He goes on as well with most of us know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And who else should believe in him should not perish but everlasting life. Look at this here. For God sent his son into the world. Not to condemn it, but the world may be saved through him. He that believes in him not, he that believes in him, I'm sorry. He that believes on him is not condemned. But he that believes not is already condemned. You put it on yourself. You put a curse on yourself. Because God has freed you on the cross. I mean, everything is done. This is Jesus speaking again. If you doubt him, you don't believe him. Therefore, he's not with him. And for he's against you. But he's done all. All you have to do is give it to him. Remember then, when the sound of the trumpet comes, it's a day of judgment. Where do you stand before God? When the book of life is opened up, where is your name written? Is it written in there? The only way you can be in there, you have to be a child of God. You must give your life to the Lord. And saying this, I'll say this. If you feel that you're not right with the Lord, now is your moment. If you know you're not right with the Lord, this is your moment also. If you've been backslidden, oh my God, his arms are wide open. His loving arms, open yours and receive him. In this simplest prayer, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thy heart, Man believe unto righteousness and from from mouth confession unto salvation. So confess to the Lord. So I say this. If you're not sure, as I close my eyes, I'll say a quick prayer. But a prayer that's powerful. Because it's to the Lord and He does forgive and He hears our prayers. And if you'd like to repeat behind me, fine. Say the prayer. That's a prayer 
is changing your life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, look on these people, Lord, that don't know, quite know you, Lord, or maybe not right with you at this minute, Lord. We ask you, Lord, and I pray that they ask for forgiveness, that you forgive, Lord, because you say you will, Lord. In your name you do this, Lord. You died on for the cross for their sins, Lord. And I pray they receive you today in the name of Jesus. And we pray that they repent and ask for forgiveness. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Touch the hem of his Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Passing by. 